0: Thank you for tuning in to Forgiveness Fridays, where people openly share their raw and uncut forgiveness stories, which may be too detailed for young ears, so please listen with that understanding. We have chosen not to edit any of this content because forgiveness isn't edited. We're so glad you're joining us on this forgiveness journey, and remember, you too can be forgiven. the Bible says, if you condemn others, you will be condemned. If you judge others, then you will be judged. Oh, but if you forgive, then you will be forgiven. Won't you come join us? Hearing how forgiveness can heal and remember that you too can be forgiven. A Forgiveness Story, shared by Melissa Trout. Hello, I'm Melissa Trout, and I am here to tell you my story of forgiveness and healing. The definition of forgiveness is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. My life has been a crazy one, and this is the short story. I was raised by a single mother. She had left my dad due to his toxic traits when I was two. She did her very best of raising me considering I was an out-of-control kid with ADHD, behavioral issues, and a really bad temper. There was many ups and downs in my childhood, but it seemed like there were more downs than ups. Much of those downs were caused by me, but there is a few instances that it wasn't. One instance in particular had to do with my stepdad. When I was five or six, he showed up in our lives, thanks to me talking to strangers. He and my mom hit it off and then got married. I have no clue how long it took before he lost his patience with me, but I do remember at one point he spit in my face because I wouldn't eat dinner. The worst thing that happened with him was when I was sick, I had to stay home and he had to stay home too. I remember being in so much pain and was crying uncontrollably. He got super mad at me and yelled and told me to shut up. I let him know that I couldn't because I was in so much pain. The next thing I knew, he had a hold of my hair and threw me across the living room. Later on that night, my mom had come home and I told her what had happened. And she was crying and putting her fingers through my hair and globs were falling out. Needless to say, she divorced him and decided that it was time to move on and go to college. So we moved to a new town. I felt like it was my fault that they got a divorce and that I ruined her marriage. It was a hard time in our lives, new adjustments, because she was back to being a single mom yet again, this time working and going to college, trying to raise a preteen that was out of control, getting into fights, smoking cigarettes by age 11. She put a stop to that quickly. Once she graduated, We moved to another town. Age 11 is where I I made one of the worst mistakes of my life. I stole from my great-grandmother. It was an expensive ring, and I wanted to show it off to my cousin. It was Thanksgiving week, and we were about ready to go down and see my grandparents. So we stopped in right before we left town. Well, we broke down 40 minutes into our trip and ended up back home that night. My mom received a phone call about what I had done. The broken heart I seen when I confessed to her the wrongdoing I did killed me. I had to return the ring and apologize for my doing to my grandma. I broke her heart and I did some pretty crappy things to those who loved me the most. And it got worse as I got older. I had a lot of resentment towards most of my family due to the lack of forgiveness, compassion, and love that they had towards me. The only person that truly forgave me was the one that I hurt the most, my great-grandmother. She showed me so much compassion and understanding. She was the true definition of a good soul. As the years passed, the more my heart got hard with the mistreatment and hate that was thrown at me from my family. I acted out more and more. At age 14, I lost my virginity. I started smoking pot and cigarettes and drinking. I moved out of my mom's house by age 15 into a place with two friends. We were taken advantage of an older elderly couple because we looked 18. That was our party house, nonstop. We were consistently drinking, popping cold pills to trip. My 16th birthday, I should have been dead. I popped 48 pills and drank beer and multiple hard liquors. I had no self-respect because in my head, I was never going to amount to anything. So, of course, I had no respect for anyone else. Things were bad in my roommate's situation, so I ended up moving back with my mom. Our relationship was really bad and broken because I took everything out on her, and I believe she hated me just as bad as the rest of our family. We fought consistently. I did what I wanted no matter the outcome. I remember I was so disrespectful to her. Fast forward a couple years to age 17. I was hanging out with a whole bunch of older people, going out to bars, getting trashed, never getting ID'd. Well, that's when I met my son's father and got pregnant. I told my mom by dropping off the test at her work so she could not react. Then I went and hid from her for a while. I ended up leaving my son's father because I figured out that he was cheating on me because he gave me an STD. And he also had the audacity to hit on my best friend in front of me. After I left my son's father, I went back home to my mom. She begged me to give my son up for adoption because she knew I wasn't equipped to take care of a kid. But yet, I still refused. I had my son 13 days before I turned 18. I found an apartment and moved in and lived irresponsibly. I was more self-involved than taking care of my kid and doing what was right for him and I. I partied, I allowed men in and out of my life, and I also refused to allow his father in our lives, all due to the fact that he hurt me. When I was 20, I started dating a guy that I thought was perfect for us. Then six months later, he broke it off with me for no reason. Just three days before my son's birthday, he still showed up to his party, and I begged him for an explanation as to what I did wrong for him to leave me all of a sudden. He told me nothing. Then I asked, Well, then who did you meet? He told me no one. I was super broken, hurt, and confused. Then three days before my twenty-first birthday, I got to find out the reason. He called me up and asked me to talk. It took him a few minutes before he finally told me that he molested my son. I felt sick instantly. I freaked out, and I told him that I was going to kill him. I hung up, and I called my friend slash neighbor. I told her what happened. Then we called the cops. I lost myself in hate for him, hate for myself. When I turned 21, I I decided that I was going to be drunk and try to numb all this pain. The guy came back at me after I had turned him into the cops and tried to blackmail me with the nudes that I allowed him to take. His family was rich and thought that would make me drop the charges. I even believe that the cops that were investigating was paid off. They actually stuck up for this guy and said that sticking a finger in a child's butt is an accident if it's an inch. He got away with a deferred child abuse sentence. He didn't even have to register as a sex offender. And I had to just walk away and let that happen. Two years later, I became homeless with my son. I had messed my life up by drinking all the time. My landlord was always on my case about the stupidest things. And I lost it on her after she told me I was crying too loudly. And that I needed to fix my life, or she was going to kick me out, so I looked for a new place, cause I wasn't going to deal with it. I found a place I gave an owner a deposit I was planning on moving in in a month. He said he would hold it for me a week before my month was up on my lease with the old apartment. He bailed out and disappeared with the money I had. I went in and told her what had happened and I begged her to let me stay, and she told me it was tough crap, but the other word. I begged her, and I begged her. I told her I was going to have to be homeless with my son. We had nowhere to go, and she said she didn't care. I was super scared and didn't know what I was going to do because my family and I were on the outs, and no one was willing to help me. I got a storage unit and saved all my memories, knickknacks, my kids' stuff, and moved out. I had to leave everything else behind. I stayed at a friend's house for a week before going to the shelter. When we did show up to the shelter, we were super scared and lost as to what to do. I worked nights at the time, and the shelter wouldn't let me sleep during the day. Plus, I also had an almost five-year-old. My mom would take him at night, and I would be with him during the days. I would get about an hour or two nap before she would bring him to me at the park that I was sleeping at. I ended up losing my night job because I was falling asleep at the will while doing deliveries. Life got harder because I had no help with my son. I couldn't get a job using the shelter's address. A couple months went by, and I overheard the staff telling these new families about a program that had to do with housing. And I asked them why I never heard of it and he became really rude and just treated me like crap and told me to mind my business. The staff hated me for some reason. A couple of weeks had gone by and uh this one girl and the staff was arguing over the air conditioning being on all night. She was in the cubicle next to me and right underneath the air conditioner vent her newborn baby was having to deal with sleeping right underneath it every night. And this guy was so mean to her, told her she needed to shut up or he was going to kick her out for three days. Then he proceeded to come over to me and saying, if you don't shut up or, and that goes for you too. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, what did I even do? And he's like, you got three nights out. And I was all okay well let me tell you something and i proceeded to let him know what i thought of him and how um uncompassionate he was and I was very mean got kicked out for 30 days i had my mom come and get my son and our stuff and i found a park with a closed slide to sleep in i almost made it through the 30 days mark after having to try and find a safe piece places to sleep. And my son's birth- fifth birthday came up. I got to go to my grandparents' house for a birthday party for him. There they decided to tell me I had to give my son to- up to CPS because they were no longer willing to help me out with him. I got to stay the night with him at my mom's and then the next day she took us to CPS to give him to them. They set up a plan with me to get my life back together. They helped me get into housing. I did their plan, and then I started dating a guy. And he came to visit, and then never left. He was really an abusive person, sexually, emotionally, physically. I called the police every time he laid his hands on me. It never worked out. He always claimed that he lived there. One night, though, it got so bad, he wouldn't let me leave my home. I was going to leave him. Just gonna leave my house. Didn't even care. And he couldn't, I couldn't get past him. He kept me in my house. I was a prisoner. I finally got out at some point. I don't even know how. I remember running down the road and him chasing after me, threatening to kill me, threatening to take all of my life away, including my kid. Make sure I never see him again. Um, My neighbors seen it happening and they called me to come into the house with them and he threatened to kill them and I got evicted. So I called up my mom and a friend of mine. I had them come and help me grab anything and everything that we could fit into two sedan cars. And yet again, I left everything behind that I couldn't take, including that man on the couch, hugging coffee pot, the coffee and the sugar saying I wasn't allowed to take it and I just laughed at him. I told him, I got my freedom now. It doesn't matter. Not too long after that, they held a court hearing to take the rights away from me because I was unfit and I allowed myself to be beat. I got pretty angry at court. I actually yelled at the judge. I, I told them, I was like, how is it that I allowed myself to be beat? After I lost custody of my son, I went down a dark path of being drunk from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. I put myself into so many unsafe situations that ended with me getting raped, abused, trying meth. So much more happened that I would actually have to write a book for you to read. I have seen murder, death from drugs and alcohol. I have seen and been through things That would make a grown man cry. What began my turnaround was almost dying from a meth overdose. I realized right then and there it was time for a change. Then grace stepped in, and I ended up in a church that actually taught me about the way of God. I still had a drinking problem at this time until last October. That is when I found my home church. I was accepted for the first time in my life into a fellowship, made new friends. And those new friends led me to new sources of healing. One of those sources was an article written and published by Mark DeJesus on August 14, 2015. It is called The Six Stages of Spiritual Heart Disease, and the first paragraph says it all. It reads like this. Today, because of the lack of cultivating healthy love in our hearts, many wander throughout life with a severe heart condition. I am speaking more than medical heart issues, but spiritual and emotional heart issues. These conditions come out of ignoring the spectrum of heart experiences in life, including loss, grief, sorrow, joy, peace, and contentment. This article has changed my life in many ways including the way I love and forgive myself. This was my past, and I used to let it define me. I let it consume me. I learned later in life that this was an unhealthy way to live. Healing comes from forgiving yourself and others, even when they don't ask for forgiveness or forgive you. I have been doing this study on heart healing as a part of my spiritual healing and strengthening of the relationship with God. I found a few verses in the Concordia Self-Study Bible NIV I wanted to share with you. The first one I want to say is Ephesians 4:31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as Christ God forgave you. This is a golden nugget. Releasing all of the negative is the key to healing and forgiveness. You cannot repent of sin and then go right back to doing what you repented for. Just like forgiveness, you have to let it go. Isaiah forty three eighteen through 9 reads, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. And Philippians three twelve through four one reads this Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I told you before, and now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like His glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. With all that I have said, I still look for new ways to grow in faith in forgiveness and the joy of the Lord. I strive to live as Christ did in unconditional love. I hope that this helps somebody out there, and I pray that my story is another reminder that you are always worth forgiveness, and that if you don't forgive, you can get consumed by it. I pray God blesses you with all your needs and beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you for listening. The, the Forgiven.